Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. China has made it crystal clear they want the CFO released, period. And they have made it clear that until that happens, relations will be prickly and problematic. Canadians are being detained in China. One has been sentenced to death. How did we get to this tense state? I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. This most recent development of Canadians being detained abroad in China for what seems to be political reasons, a jab against the Canadian government, it's fairly new. But tension between the Canadian public and China has been growing over the past few years. Simply geographically speaking, it's no surprise that a large percentage of that tension can be felt on Canada's west coast. With a drug and fentanyl crisis in full swing, the press started to reveal a connection. Chinese criminal organizations were shipping drugs to British Columbia, and those drugs were making their way across Canada. Some of the alleged kingpins targeted by police in Canada's multi-billion dollar fentanyl trade are associated with an organized crime group called the Big Circle Boys, investigators say. The Big Circle Boys originated in southern China. They came to dominate the heroin trade in Canada and have now expanded into fentanyl, using Vancouver as their worldwide hub. The Alberta Health Report says 113 people died from fentanyl overdose. Heroin is potent, but what's making the drug even more dangerous on the streets of Saskatoon is it's being laced with an even deadlier drug. Fentanyl is killing people in Toronto. One kilogram of fentanyl costs about $5,000, according to documents from the Canada Border Services Agency. That one kilo can equal one million hits. And on the street, those one million hits can generate up to $10 million. That drug money was being laundered in Canadian casinos. The money sent back to China again to continue the cycle. On the streets, those deadly drugs caused the death of thousands across the country in just the past couple of years. That cycle, drugs coming to Canada, being laundered in BC casinos, and that money going back to China once more, well, that's called the Vancouver model. That term was coined by an Australian professor who released a whole report about the system. Sam Cooper is an investigative journalist with Global News, and he's really been leading the charge on this story. Vancouver, and by extension Canada, is becoming internationally recognized as a hub for uh, laundering transnational crime proceeds. That voice you're hearing, that's BC Attorney General David Eby. This is not a reputation that Canada wants, it's not a reputation that British Columbia or Vancouver wants. 
and that's why the government of BC is acting quickly to deal with this. I think that any time you have someone of the caliber of this uh, international expert, this professor, uh, presenting to other international experts in a professional development seminar about the unique Vancouver model of money laundering in Australia, uh, this is a problem for us. So drugs and the very deadly fentanyl had been coming from China and the money from the proceeds was being laundered through Canadian casinos, but also through Canadian real estate. And again, most of that was happening in British Columbia. The cost of housing in B.C. was going through the roof and many people pointed the finger at Chinese money for driving up the cost. But... That wouldn't be the breaking point in our story. No, that would happen on December 1st, 2018. My name is Terry Shintz. I am a radio news manager at Global News Radio CKNW in Vancouver and Burnaby. The money laundering story has been a big international story because it certainly exposes kind of an unseemly side of the world on the West Coast and in Vancouver. But the story really ignited at a senior government level internationally and with the public with the arrest of uh, the Huawei uh, chief financial officer, Meng Wanzhou, in Vancouver at the airport back on December 1st. Huawei's CFO has been arrested in Canada at the request of U.S. authorities. Meng Wanzhou is also the daughter of the Chinese tech giant's founder. Canadian officials say she was arrested on Saturday, the same day as China and the U.S. signed a temporary trade war truce. Her arrest now throwing the ceasefire into doubt. A source says the arrest is tied to violations of U.S. sanctions, but Reuters was unable to verify details of the breach. The shock arrest only became public on Wednesday and drew strong condemnation from Chinese state media. The editor of the Global Times tweeting, the U.S. can't beat Huawei in the market. Don't act like a despicable rogue. Huawei is the world's second biggest smartphone maker and a key player in China's push to develop technology, from chips to 5G networks. Sources told Reuters in April that U.S. authorities have been probing Huawei for allegedly shipping products that originate in the U.S. to Iran. Huawei said in a statement it was not aware of any wrongdoing by Meng. The U.S. Justice Department declined to comment on Wednesday. Meng's arrest and any potential sanctions could send major shockwaves through the world's tech supply chain. It's already rocked global stock markets on Thursday, sparking a sell-off that dragged down shares in Japan, Hong Kong and China. Shares in Asian suppliers to Huawei were hard hit. The company also counts Qualcomm and Intel among its major suppliers. China's embassy in Canada said it resolutely opposed Meng's arrest and called for her release. Canadian officials say Meng's court day has been set for Friday. So while the money laundering story had been a big provincial story and to a certain extent a big national story, it went supernova and international at the time of that arrest. And to take you behind the scenes a little bit, we're affiliated with CBS News in the United States. I was on the phone with them very quickly because they wanted content from the B.C. Supreme Court matter involving Meng Wanzhou. Uh, so obviously that is when the story became a top story around the world. So why was she arrested in Vancouver anyways? Well, it depends who you ask, but the bottom line seems to be 
she was arrested by Canadian officials at the request of the United States. The United States has allegations of banking fraud uh, related to U.S. sanctions against Iran. So the United States is concerned about some of the dealings of Huawei, uh, the big Chinese tech company. Some concern, uh, consider that company to be uh, an international security risk, almost, if you will, an arm of the Chinese government. The Americans certainly have concern uh, uh, that that could be uh, all uh, true, or at least somewhat true. So they asked for uh, the arrest of this executive. Uh, Canadian officials carried it out uh, at Vancouver Airport. So Canada, to a certain extent, gets caught in the middle of this tussle involving the Americans and the Chinese, as you know and your listeners know, Nikki, are locked in a very high-stakes trade war, an economic war. It doesn't get much higher than that. Uh, the United States still a top world economy, but many experts uh, a lot smarter uh, than uh, than yours truly are saying the Chinese economy will be passing the American economy. Uh, so that that's kind of one of the elements at the heart of it. Well, and I think that's what also puts us into such a precarious situation, is that we really put a large majority of our eggs when it comes to trade into China's basket and now we're finding ourselves at odds with China because they did not respond positively at all to the arrest of this Huawei executive. Outside PC Supreme Court, strangers are supporting the second-in-command at Chinese telecom giant Huawei. Canada arrested her at the request of United States. So I think lots of people think Canada's doing help, doing like dirty work. In a heavily guarded courtroom, Meng Wanzhou's lawyers argue she isn't a flight risk despite her vast wealth, but her arrest is doing damage to relations between China and Canada. It's a crossfire uh, between uh, uh, in the midst of a trade war and a technology war. This has stirred up a hornet's nest in Canada-China relations. But it's not just trade relations that are at risk. Coming up later in this episode. A number of Canadians have now been detained. Perhaps most alarmingly, a man who used to call Abbotsford a home in BC's Fraser Valley, he finds himself on death row in China. You're listening to This Is Why, a global news national radio show and podcast. Download and subscribe online now. On December 1st, 2018, Canadian authorities arrested Meng Wanzhou. She's the chief financial officer of Chinese telecommunication giant Huawei Technologies. Canada did it on behalf of the United States, who wanted her extradited on allegations of fraud. That set Canada on an unexpected course. Suddenly, Canadians abroad quickly found themselves detained for questionable reasons. To explain more, here's radio news manager with Global News in Vancouver, Terry Shintz. A number of Canadians have now been detained. 
and are still being held in China, three of them. Uh, and another woman was recently picked up. Her father was imprisoned and detained by Chinese security officials. Uh, we have a former diplomat who's been held for over a month. Uh, perhaps most alarmingly, a man who used to call Abbotsford home in BC's Fraser Valley. He finds himself, Nikki, uh, on death row in China. He is now facing the death penalty, uh, believed to have been guilty of drug smuggling, though a lot of questions swirl around that case. But this fellow by the name of Schellenberg, he's been handed the death penalty in China. Now you have the prime minister, uh, the prime minister's foreign affairs minister, Christian Freeland, frantically working the phones, uh, looking for allies, essentially begging to spare this man's life. Now, China made it clear that when the Huawei executive was picked up, they were deeply unhappy with that development, and they did uh, suggest and or threaten that there would be retaliation. They say that the arrests and detention of, uh, of the Canadian diplomats are, are not punishment. They say that the threatened death penalty of the smuggler is not punishment. They say they're only carrying out their laws. Not everybody shares that opinion. Many around the world view this as payback for the arrest of the executive. Now, I've heard a lot of callers who have phoned into Canadian radio stations over the past week or so saying, you know, why should we care what happens to a guy who was caught smuggling drugs? You know, how our own prime minister is being told by our lawyers, you know, that we have to respect the, you know, that they have to respect our rule of law. Well, we've got to respect China's rule of law. And if this is what they say has to happen, then you can't argue that, or we can't argue that. When it comes to China and this uh, Schellenberg case, let him swing. This is a guy who was twice convicted in Canada of drug trafficking. He's a drug smuggler. That's the way it is. You don't want to die. Don't smuggle drugs into China. Real simple. Let him swing. But there's another dimension to his sentence that... We just can't ignore, and that includes the timing of it. Well, I think I think it's fair to say, like I understand that point of view that you just expressed, but you could also have the point of view that this fellow has become a pawn in a much larger game. And, and I will share with you and your listeners, Nikki, some pretty good reporting I read this morning in the Globe and Mail, and they made it clear that the Chinese lawmakers and prosecutors spent more than four years studying Schellenberg's case. So four years they spent looking at it. Was he guilty? Was he innocent? And they eventually decided, give him 15 years in prison. China is hard on drug dealers, and that is their prerogative. And a lot of people would share that point of view, quite frankly. So they spend four years figuring it out. They give him 15 years in prison. But all of a sudden, following the arrest of the Huawei tech executive and some of these other incidents that have been going on, all of a sudden, there's a retrial with not necessarily a clear explanation of why, and this guy is suddenly facing the death penalty and may well be executed. So you, there, there is a lot to consider there. You go from a 15-year sentence 
in which you think, okay, I did this crime, or at least their lawmakers think I did this crime, to facing the death sentence. That seems to be the way it's playing out. Canada is trying to fight against this. Set aside the drug conviction, if you will. Uh, Canada's position is that capital punishment is inhumane. That's why Prime Minister Trudeau is going all out and asking his foreign affairs minister, Christian Freeland, to do the same. So their motives seem a little bit suspicious. Is it to punish the prisoner for his crime or is it to punish our country for arresting their Huawei executive? Well, I think it's pretty clear. Stories like this, Nikki, it can be tough to get a straight answer, but China has made it crystal clear they want the CFO released, period. And they have made it clear that until that happens, relations will be prickly and problematic. Our government, again, as you know, they've put out some very strongly worded statements, Nikki, that if you are thinking of going to China, you need to be extremely careful, uh, basically warning against arbitrary arrest. Canadian business people, Canadian politicians, anyone thinking of going over there right now while this climate is super heated over this detention should really give a hard, a lot of hard thought to it because it is somewhat perilous as we are seeing with these various Canadians being arrested. Would everybody find themselves in the same boat of a Robert Schellenberg who's on death row? Obviously not. He becomes the most extreme case. But uh, Beijing is firm in its stance. Huawei is a massive Chinese company, one of the most powerful in the world. We arrested one of the top executives at that company. The Chinese government and that company wants her free. There's an anticipation that if China exerts enough pressure on our government that we will release Ms. Meng Wanzhou back to, back to Beijing. So uh, my general impression of it is it indicates a desperation on the part of the Chinese government to try anything to get Ms. Meng back. Ottawa has said it can't intervene in Canada's judicial system to free Meng Wanzhou. China has executed foreigners before. A British national was put to death for drug offences ten years ago. Britain's outcry for clemency then did not move Chinese authorities. And the threat now to kill a Canadian citizen will only increase diplomatic tensions between the two countries. This case adds to the diplomatic standoff over two other Canadians, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig, who are also being held by China. Some analysts say there is little the Canadian government can do. Terry, is there any indication of what card in our hand Canada will play next? It's tough to say. Uh, you need smarter minds than mine on that one. <laughs> we are reaching out, as we say. I, I think that Trudeau's plan here is to build a, a coalition of outrage, if you will, or at least a coalition of support uh, of world uh, support to get these Canadians released or at least spare the life 
of the Canadian who is on death row. Building a coalition of support, trying to keep things from heating up any further seems to be what our federal government, uh, that, that seems to be the plan. We recently had a, a handful of Canadian lawmakers head over to China uh, to, to meet with peers, if you will, uh, to, to sort of find common ground. Can we kind of calm things down a little bit? But they made it clear as well, the last thing that they wanted to do was be seen as operating with a heavy hand or trying to tell the Chinese what to do out of the very real fear that they could somehow make the situation worse. Terry, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you, Nikki. The Chinese ambassador to Canada said that the arrest of that Huawei Technologies executive was an act of, quote, backstabbing by a friend. He went on to say, there will be further repercussions if Canada stops Huawei from its new 5G network here for security reasons, as other countries have. So, by all indications, this story is nowhere near finished. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and a podcast, so you can download and subscribe to rehear this episode or any others on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. Give us a rating and a review, and you can tell your friends about the show as well. Pass on the word. We're on Twitter at This Is Why, and you can always send us an email, thisiswhy at curiouscast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.